1: You can drown one foot from the edge of a boat if you refuse to get in the boat. And you can die of starvation one foot away from a banquet table full of food if you refuse to eat. And you can miss heaven by one foot. That's the distance from your brain to your heart. Because it's one thing to know truth. But it's another thing to embrace that truth and live by that truth.
0: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God? And where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's Word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today.
1: There was a professor in college teaching a course on time management. And he used an old illustration. He brought into his students one day a big glass empty jar, and he filled it full of these big rocks, just kept putting these big rocks in this glass jar until it was all to the top. And then he asked his uh, college students, uh, how many of you believe that the jar is full? Of course, the whole class raised their hand. He said, no, wrong. And then he grabbed some gravel and he poured some gravel in that glass jar. And the gravel fell down around the big rocks and filled up all the the crevices. And he said, now, how many of you think the jar is full? And the class said, "Uh, we don't think it's full yet. And he said, correct, you're, you're learning. And then he took some sand and he poured sand in that glass jar. And the sand went down around all through the cracks of the gravel and the big rocks. And he said, now, how many of you think the jar is full? And they said, it's still not full. And he said, correct. And then he took water, and he poured water in that glass jar and filled the water up to the very, very brim. He said, what is the point of this illustration? Why did I show you this illustration? One student said, you're trying to teach us that no matter how busy our schedule is, we can always squeeze one more thing into the schedule. And he says, wrong. Uh, That's not the point of this illustration. He said, the truth that I want you to remember is this. If you don't put the big rocks in first, you'll never get the big rocks in. And the point, of course, in your scheduling, make sure that the most important things that you schedule for them is what he was illustrating. Mm -hmm. Life is a little bit like that because most of you have stuff going on in your house. You know, you're wrestling with things and issues. You've got stuff going on in your marriage. You've got stuff going on with your kids. You've got stuff, some of you even got stuff going on with your church. And it's hard to know and to prioritize what is the most important thing. Well, the rabbis in Jesus' day, they love to kind of sit around and debate out of all the rules and the laws, what are the big rocks? What are the most important things in the Bible? And last week, we looked at this text in Mark chapter 12, where a teacher of the law came up to Jesus. And said to Jesus, out of all the commandments in the Old Testament, there's over 613. And so the teacher says to Jesus, what is the most important, what are the, what's the most important thing? And Jesus answered these words in verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your what? Strength. And the second is this in verse 31, to love your neighbor. Everybody say neighbor. Neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said, there is no commandment greater than these two. So those are the big rocks. I want you to write that down in your notes. Love God and love people. Look at verse 32. Well said, teacher, the man replied. Yeah, you're right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. And then he says this in verse 33, to love him with all of your heart and with all of your understanding and with all of your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. And here it is. He goes, it is, he says, it is more important than all the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. Now that, my friend, is a remarkable conclusion by this lawyer who lived by the law, glorified the law, studied the law, interpreted the law, uh, uh, kept the law, and taught the law. And the man acknowledges all this stuff that he's been doing, that love is greater than all of this. Now, when Jesus hears this lawyer respond, he, you would think that Jesus would say, welcome into my kingdom congratulations. Here's your VIP pass to heaven. You're in. Good job. But that's not what Jesus says. I want you to look at verse 34. Jesus saw that he had answered wisely. He said to him, pay attention to these words, you, my friend, are not far. Everybody say not far. You, my friend, are not far from the kingdom. What does not far mean? What does not far from the kingdom mean? Not far from the kingdom means this. It's a polite way of saying, you know what? You're close, but you're still lost. Now, why would Jesus say to this lawyer who finally acknowledged that love is greater than the law, why would Jesus say, you know what? You're close to being saved, but you're still lost. Well, there's two reasons. Reason number one, you've got to get this. Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet. The church, Christianity, doesn't begin until he's on that cross. When he's on the cross, he speaks seven times. The last thing that Jesus says on the cross are these three words, it is finished. And he dies. What's finished? Well, salvation is now available to the entire world. So In Mark chapter 12, that death, burial, none of that's happened yet. So that's the first reason. This man, even though he's talking to Jesus, Jesus hasn't died. This man is still living under the Old Testament because the New Testament hasn't begun yet. The second reason that Jesus said, you're not far, is this man hasn't incorporated love into his own life yet. He was starting to figure it out. The light bulb just went on. He actually stated it correctly, but he had yet to accept love as a way of life. You see, Jesus knows everything, and Jesus knows that this man said the right thing, but he also knows that this man is getting ready to go right back to his regular job of teaching the law, and whenever you hear that phrase, teaching the law, it means that You go back to teaching that a person is saved by obeying the law, that a person is saved by works. So Jesus says, you know what? You're close, brother. You're close. You're not far. You're not there yet. At least you see it. Because ladies and gentlemen, it's one thing to say the right thing. It's another thing to do the right thing. It's one thing to know truth. It's good to know truth, but knowing truth doesn't save anything. One thing is to know truth. It's another thing to accept it, embrace it, and to live by this truth. And this lawyer stated it. He could see it, he knew it, but he hadn't embraced it yet as a way of life. So, first question is this Who is near? Who is near? I've got questions about this not far. Who is it that's near? Who's close? And the answer is anyone who's outside of Christ. Christ's kingdom is near to all who are outside of Christ. Some of you here today, right here in this room, you are so close. You're one step away. You're one decision away. Because you're here today, and I praise God that you're here. I look at all of you, and I applaud that you made it to church today. I'm so excited that you're here today. But you need to hear this. You're not saved if you're trusting in the law to save you. If you're trusting in your good works, if you're trusting in your good deeds to save you, if you're trying to earn heaven by being a good person. A lot of people think I'm saved because I pay my taxes. I'm nice to my kids. I've never murdered anybody. I do go to church. I carry a Bible. I take communion. Last week I gave $20.00. And if you think you're saved because of any of those things then you are just like that lawyer you're trusting in your good deeds you're trusting in works to save you because if works could save you then jesus died in vain you can't get into heaven by doing things or or having good deeds works cannot save the law cannot save obeying the law studying the law none of those things can wash a man's sins away The first thing the law does, it only proves you can't keep it. That's all it proves. That's all the law does. But the second thing the law does, oh, get this. The law actually points you as you walk inside these guardrails called the law. They actually point you to Jesus Christ. Did you know that? It points you to Jesus Here's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3. I want you to look at it. I'll put it on the screen. We were held prisoners by the what? The law. We were locked up. Everybody say locked up. We were were locked. This is past tense. We were locked up. And that's what this man, this, this lawyer, he was locked up by the law. He knew the law couldn't bring him joy. He knew the law couldn't bring him peace. He knew the law couldn't forgive him of his sins. He knew the law had judged him. He knew the law had found him guilty. He was locked up. And What does verse 23 say? He was locked up until faith should be what? Revealed. Look at the next verse, verse 24. So the law was put in charge. Here it is. The law was put in charge to lead us to who? To Christ that we might be justified not by keeping laws that we would be justified by what by faith in Jesus Christ chapter 3 verse 25 says now that faith has come we are no longer under the supervision of the law I hear that word supervision It reminds me of when my parents would leave and, and put my sister in charge. My sister would have to babysit because she was older. And I thought because mom and dad were leaving, now I could do whatever I wanted. But whatever I did, my sister was like, hey, you can't do that. Dudley, you can't do that. Stop. I'm going to tell dad. I'm going to tell dad. Stop, stop, stop. I was under the supervision of my sister. The law. Right? And that verse says that now that faith has come, which is Jesus, we are no longer under the supervision Of the law. This lawyer was not far because he was still under the supervision of the law. See, it's chapter twelve. Christ, Christ is in the process of revealing himself, but has not been fully revealed until he dies and is buried. And when he resurrects, that's when he's fully revealed as the Savior of the world. And all God's people said. And I just want you to know that around this world. And some people sitting on your row, whatever row you're sitting on, there's someone on that row who's trusting and being a good person into getting them to heaven. And you're not going to get into heaven by being good. You're only going to get to heaven by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And there are a lot of people just like this lawyer Oh, I understand. I see it. I see that love is greater, but I'm going to go back to this way of life. And it doesn't matter who you are. You can have good intentions. You can even have convictions in your heart that Jesus is the only way to heaven. But until you fully embrace that as a way of life, you're lost. You're not far. You're close. You can see it, but you're not there yet. And you can drown one foot From the edge of a boat if you refuse to get in the boat. And you can die of starvation one foot away from a banquet table full of food if you refuse to eat. And you can miss heaven by one foot. That's the distance from your brain to your heart. Because it's one thing to know truth. But it's another thing to embrace that truth and live by that truth. And I pray that you'll trust Jesus with your heart here today. The second question is this, why are they near? Why don't people make that decision? Why was this lawyer near? Why wouldn't he make that decision? And the answer is always because of self. Because of self. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And what we've done is we've put self on the throne. Self is Lord. Oh, we believe in Jesus. He's over here somewhere. Yeah, I know Jesus, but hey, Uh, I'm really in charge of my life. No, you're lost. If you're in charge, you're lost. you got to get yourself off of the throne and put Jesus up on the throne and make Jesus your Lord, make him your ruler, make him the master of your life. All of this being saved by obeying the laws is really, it's really all about self. You think you're smart enough and wise enough and strong enough to get to heaven by being nice or by by obeying all the commandments. You're not nice enough. You're not strong enough. You're not powerful enough to obey all those commandments. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, do not think I've come to abolish the law. I've not come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill the law. That's Jesus Christ. And Ephesians 2, 8 says, for it is by grace you have been saved Through faith. This is not from yourself. It is a gift of what? Gift of God. You can't, you know, you're saved by grace. What's grace? Grace is you have nothing to do with it. God just loves you so much that Jesus dies on a cross. That's grace. You didn't earn that. You can't work for that. You don't deserve that uh that's grace you're either here today believing salvation by the fact that you earn it by being good or you're trusting in the work that jesus did up on that cross that's how a man is saved not by the work we do but by the work that jesus did on the cross and the danger of near write this down quickly is that you cannot remain near you either, you either jump into the God's kingdom or you're going to drift further and further and further away. The Bible says in Hebrews 3, verse 15, today, everybody say Today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart because every time you say no and you keep trusting in yourself, your heart becomes more and more hardened to the truth that's found in the Word of God. Some of you may have said these words, Someday I'm going to get help for my procrastination. Someday I will give my heart to Jesus. Someday I will surrender to Jesus. Someday I'm going to follow Jesus with all of my heart. Listen, someday is not a day of the week. There is no day of the week called someday. The Bible says today... Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your what? Do not harden your hearts. As we close, I want to go back for just a moment to the two big rocks, okay? I've been talking to you about the lawyer that wasn't not far. I want to go back to these two rocks, love God, love people. There was another lawyer. Everybody say another lawyer that Jesus was talking to in Luke chapter 10. And Jesus was having the same conversation with this man in Luke 10 that he was having with the man in Mark 12. And I got news for you. If Jesus could talk to you today, he would be talking to you about these same two things as well, the big rocks of loving God and loving others. And uh, Jesus asked the man in Luke 10, How do you read the law? What is the law to you? And he, the man, says correctly, just like this other guy said it correctly. I see the law as loving God, loving people. Jesus said, good, you need to go do that. Go love God and go love people. Well, when he said that to this man, this man thought to himself, I can love God. I've been doing that my whole life, but I don't know if I can love my neighbor as myself. And so he asked Jesus this question in Luke chapter 10. It's a famous question. The question is, who is my neighbor? If you're telling me i got to love my neighbor, you need to define for me who my neighbor is. And that's where Jesus told the story of a man who had been beaten and robbed and stripped of his clothes and laying in a ditch. He's answering the question, who's my neighbor? A man laying in a ditch, naked, beaten, bloodied, stripped. And Jesus tells a story of a priest, a religious person, who walks down, sees the man in the ditch, and just keeps walking. And then a Levite, he's a religious person, He's walking down the road, he sees the man lying in the ditch, and he walks on by. And then Jesus tells the story of the Samaritan, who, and Samaritans and Jews don't get along, and the Samaritan walked by, and he looked down, he's not even a religious person, he looks down and he sees the man in the ditch, and he gets off his donkey, and he gets down and he ministers to this man, helps him get up and takes him to the nearest town, to the nearest inn, and provides so that his needs can be taken care of. And Jesus tells a story and he looks at this lawyer and he goes, you tell me who, which one was the neighbor? And the man said, the one who practiced mercy? And Jesus said, yes, now you go and do likewise. And here's the litmus test. I want you to write this down. Whether or not you love God and love people, are you willing to get off your donkey and get down into the ditch? Are you willing to get off of your donkey and get down in that ditch and help people? Don't confuse loving God and loving people with that that's going to get you into heaven. No. You get into heaven when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. And after you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you spend the rest of your life, get off your high horse and get down in that ditch and help people
0: That address, again, is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, he would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing his people to take possession of the promised land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.